Hi, everybody. This is Victor Greta Jr. And this week on Coders, we're going to be talking to Paradrop, which has an interesting proposition for software out there and your router. Join us right after this. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Victor. And this week on Coders, I am joined by uh, Dale Willis, who's the CEO and co-founder of Paradrop. Dale, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Victor. So where are you guys located? You're in Wisconsin, right? Uh, yeah, we're out of Madison, Wisconsin. And, uh, and why in the world are you in Madison, Wisconsin and not in Silicon Valley? Uh, so I've uh, been part of the University of Wisconsin-Madison for a really long time. Uh, I did my undergrad here um, as well as my master's degree. And while working on my PhD, we started uh, working on the kind of fundamentals behind Paradrop and we decided to, to see where we could take it from there. Well, you're a young guy. That couldn't have been too long ago. Um, it's it's been interesting to me to see this evolution of networking. You know, a lot of people take these sorts of things for granted. They're not really thinking about you know how does the software get from the out there into my home or into my phone. Um, even with things like Netflix, you know, they don't think very much about that. It's like uh, you know it it goes off in the internet somewhere, and the internet's this abstracted thing. They don't realize that that content. The closer it is to them it physically is actually advantageous to them as a consumer. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So you you probably saw the the Netflix uh, demonstration that we did with Paradrop. Um, we started that last summer when the FCC was having uh, all the net neutrality problems. And uh, we kind of took a different approach to it by actually pulling the content onto a, a router to kind of showcase the power that Paradrop can provide uh, to then users. So tell us a little bit about, and, and in seeing that, you know, I understood your value proposition and I've, having seen this sort of thing before, um, you know, I've, I worked with Akamai in the very, very early uh, era, the dot-com, the first dot-com boom. And um, so I'm curious, what is it specifically that Paradrop uh, has as its value proposition? So the... The major value proposition that Paradrop provides is it's a it's a way to allow developers who traditionally would work in more of a systems uh, approach, so you know more cloud based. You're not worried about memory, you're not worried about CPU cycles. Um, it's a way for them to actually allow their applications to exist on Wi-Fi routers, on Wi-Fi access points, and, and we provide a nice simplistic framework for that. Um, so I, I'm curious about the details of this, but we'll, we'll get into a little bit about the mechanics of how that works in a moment. Um, I'm curious, I, I looked at your blog, I noticed that you just had your version uh, 0.1 come out, is that right? Yeah, so we, uh, the, the versioning numbers are, are a little uh, quirky, but uh, we did have, we've, we've had a version out there for quite a while, but we kind of took a step back and I, I wanted to revamp the platform a little bit. Uh, so we decided to kind of reset, uh, press the reset button and uh, push forward with a new framework. Um, and so that, that was the first release that we pushed. Okay, because you changed from OpenWRT to, uh, to Ubuntu, a, a flavor of Ubuntu, right? Uh, yes, now we're running on Snappy Ubuntu Core. 
Okay. And, and that seems to be, uh, of course, you know, one of the great things about Linux is that it is so adaptable, right? And, and Snappy seems to have a good user base. That's why you guys picked it though, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I chose a long time ago, uh, OpenWRT because it was the kind of simplest platform to get going, uh, for, for router hardware on, but time and time again, we would kind of see problems. I'd go out to developers and I'd say, Hey, you could do this awesome thing if you can cross compile and if you can, you know, do this, that, and the other, and it, it always kind of limited our user base. So I wanted to explore options to fix that. Gotcha. Um, so talk, let's talk a little bit about this because I have always been a fan of the idea that, you know, cloud-based computing, I mean, computing in general, the internet allows us to be very distributed, right? Uh, and I know some people like Dave Weiner has talked a lot about this as well. And I, I remember when Twitter was growing um, and you probably remember the fail whale happened a lot. You don't see that guy a lot anymore. They've scaled very, very well. But his point was also you know, even with redundant backups, all these other things, your tweets, just to use one example, exist out there in a place where you, it's kind of hard for you to get to those, right? Um, and so if that was stored locally, you would have your own, but then you would have, you know, the, the work of other people as well. There's all sorts of ways that we can create this network that it's much more redundant than it is now, uh, much more, um, you know, secure in many ways. Is, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of directions and a lot of scenarios where, you, where we can see kind of uh, distributed networks popping up in more of a peer-to-peer -peer fashion. And mm -hmm. I think we've seen that through uh, some different browsers and things that have, that have started to look at that technology space. And it's, it's only just beginning. It's, it's going to get a lot more complex and a lot more interesting in the years to come. Yeah, and the complexity is what blows my mind because I was teaching networking like eight or nine years ago. And now I look at it and I'm like, I, I don't know what the heck you know, is going on. But what, what I find fascinating is you're talking about storing stuff on my router. So practical considerations, like how much room does my router actually have to store stuff? So that's, a, that's definitely a good point. Uh, the average router that you're going to buy, uh, even when we first started this project two and a half years ago, uh, I had a lot of people kind of laugh at me because a typical router is going to have, you know, 32 megabytes of flash. It's just enough to run the operating system that was built for it. Mm -hmm. But you fast forward two years to today, a lot of routers are actually um, having a lot more space, a lot more capacity. I mean, uh, you can see that from exa simple examples like the Google's uh, brand new OnHub that's coming out. It's coming out with four gigabytes of flash, and that's not that's not a mistake. That was that's you know all of these routers are going to start doing this in the future. Um, so I guess so the I question is: is the what is the benefit for? I mean, uh, for Google. It's probably a lot of user data. Is it media? You know, what's being stored in these? It's, I think that, uh, that storage is, is definitely one aspect of it. Um, we're approaching it from a slightly different aspect, from a little bit more computation capabilities and, and simplifying things that just can't exist uh, today in other, in other locations. Uh, so for instance, uh, we're looking at parental controls. And that's something where you can do it on an individual device, but if you could actually push it onto the router, uh, it'd be a lot more efficient and a lot more effective and a lot simpler to configure. So I think that I, I think we'll, we'll see Google's play in the long run. We know it's going to be an IoT based play with, with uh, Nest and Brillo and, and everything else and Weave. Um, but that's, that space is, is still being early uh, explored. 
And where do you guys fit in that space? Because I definitely see an Internet of Things use case for what you're developing. So that's that's one of the spaces where I've kind of purposefully kept uh, at an arm's length a little bit to kind of see how things play out, because from our standpoints, we're more of a of a we're looking at things from more of a quarterback level, from more of a, of a management uh, console level. And while everyone else is kind of fighting over protocols and standards, uh, that's not a space that I wanted to to kind of dive into head first, uh, so to speak. And so we're that's why we're looking at other at other systems because there's once you start putting applications on the router, there's a there's a, a huge world out there beyond Internet of Things that you can provide. Yeah, that's absolutely true, and I think the Internet of Things aspect of it is just because that's very consumer friendly. It's consumer facing. It's it's a new shiny thing. It's I mean you know smartphones six seven years ago. It's a new shiny thing. Um, now we've got Internet of Things. Uh, so let's talk about, you know, in day-to-day -day use, we, we talked about the Netflix example, which I thought was interesting. So if you've got a variety of memory constraints and considerations, even though it's, that's getting better all the time, where are you in terms of today's implementation? And what is it if it's not, you know, it's obviously not storing four gigs of movie files on your router, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you guys, you know, helping the end user and helping the network providers with with their traffic, basically? So one of the things, uh, the the Netflix example is kind of the best example from the standpoint of of the storage capabilities. Uh, the nice thing about routers in general today is that they they pretty much it, all of them will have USB uh, external USB capabilities. So there's nothing there's there's nothing stopping you from plugging a terabyte hard drive into it, uh, which is perfectly fine from my standpoint. You know, you can store pretty much every movie you would watch in an entire summer from Netflix on a, on a drive like that. So mm -hmm. if, if memory is a problem, there are absolutely solutions to it. Uh, but what we're looking at is, is a little bit more of the computational capabilities that, that you can provide. Because even in, in what I was able to create through Netflix, uh, it took it took some computational effort to kind of discover uh, how to actually do that in a, in a DRM safe manner, um, and so that's kind of that was kind of the use case that I was I was approaching it from two angles. One is hey we can store these things on the device, but the other is hey we need this intelligence sitting on the device to actually do it. So it's it's kind of a chicken and an egg. Uh, you kind of need both pieces. Gotcha. Okay. So what are some other uh, applications, that, especially for developers who are out there, what are some of the applications that they can be creating for your platform? So IoT is, is definitely a space where we're interested in having developers kind of toy around with. It's, it's something that's easily supported by us, but not something that we necessarily have to push uh, to developers. Uh, the interesting use case for our system is that we're actually running not only on top of Snappy Ubuntu, so you kind of have this, the full support of the Ubuntu infrastructure, but we're also running on Docker, and uh, we're actually using that as a way to kind of containerize applications. So, any what what one really interesting thing that we've been able to do is is take uh, several research projects out of the University of Wisconsin Madison here, and uh, we've actually taken. Uh, IoT research efforts where they had a cloud backend component of visualizing the data, storing the data, processing the data, and I actually uh, allowed them to migrate that into the Paradrop infrastructure without changing a single line of code. So it could be as simple as if you're using Heroku for a backend, you can attach your code base to our system and kind of push it to the uh, to the developer. So we're hoping to kind of leverage 
essentially the cloud, literally the cloud within the home and just see what developers can really push can really push for. So this is, this is really uh, still at the very early stages. You know, there, there seems like you guys are laying down a foundation and it's still a lot of developers need to come at this problem and look at it and implement a lot of different things. I mean, you're, you're hoping that just like the, when Apple opened the app store, it's like, here's this great platform. You guys show us what we can do with this, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we've been uh, eyeing up uh, approaching hackathons, conferences, uh, meetups to kind of push the platform. And so we're now that we're kind of finalizing uh, our official 1.0 release with the new, the brand new Snappy infrastructure, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what we can do in the next month or so. And how important, you know, when you're talking about at this level, how important is security to your platform? So it's that's definitely it's a uh, it's very very important to what we're doing. Uh, that's probably the most important thing. I always I tell my my developers that are in the other room they may be listening, but um, I basically tell them you know it, our my number one goal is simplicity. I want to be able to provide things to our developers uh, in, in very simplistic ways. But our our second biggest goal, almost uh, equal to that, is security. And so we. We're, we're working on a very robust uh, PKI, a, a private key infrastructure, uh, to support that through self-signed keys and uh, key certs and, and things of that nature. So <clears throat> That's great. Uh, you know, you talked about working with the, with the university. How important is that to a, 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 something like this, right, that can take a while for a platform to sort of flourish in the marketplace? How important is it to work with uh, researchers, essentially? I would I would say it's incredibly important. I don't know that I would have been able to do this if uh, if I was just a developer out in the Bay Area. Um, I probably would have had a, a little bit easier access to developers. But the interesting thing about what we're doing is that it, it if you talk to if I talk to ten developers about it, about half of them will get it right away, and the other half I'll have to kind of explain several different use cases, and then you see the the aha moment. And so it, it's been really nice to work with with researchers in this space, especially uh, networking and wireless researchers out of out of this university are, are very very strong, and so they they really understand it and they they're really interested in the platform and, and the ways that it can kind of revolutionize uh, how we use the internet in the homes in the in the years to come. Yeah, well, and and like I said, it's it's a little bit esoteric as people who are end users. You know, they would think, okay, wait, are you storing my Netflix catalog on my you know on my router, it's like, no, that's not really it. This goes beyond that. And, um, it, you know, talking, looking a little bit forward, how do you see the infrastructure of the internet as we know it changing as a result of software defined networks and what you guys are doing? And, you know, there seems to be a lot of uh, focus right now on software. Um, a friend of mine who works at, at Facebook mentioned, the Facebook Messenger Assistant M that came out, right? And he said, artificial intelligence is happening. Um, and do you see that that's sort of where we're, we're continuing to go? This is gonna permeate throughout all the network infrastructure. Yeah, I, I would absolutely say that that artificial intelligence and, and SDN are gonna be a huge a huge combination and a, and a real game changer as we, especially as we also push gigabit infrastructure, you know? Gigabit infrastructure is is fantastic. Obviously, we all would love it, but the problem is that when you when you sit back and you think about it, if I'm going to try to stream a terabyte's worth of data to you, and we're doing that across the country, and you all of a sudden decide to stop it at some point, 
by the time that message gets to me, if I'm sending it, we've got, we could have multiple gigabytes of data that are sitting in the pipes that just need to disappear somewhere. So you, we really need to start thinking about that and those, those problems as, as we kind of push for this infrastructure more and more. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge problem. It's going to take a lot of people working on a lot of different areas of it, you know, for that to happen. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Dale, thanks for joining us. Um, this is, this has been really interesting stuff is, uh, can you tell us anything about your guys' future plans or just keep, keep doing what you're doing? Uh, so right now, uh, we're, we're actually looking to push this, uh, into the end consumer space. And so we're going to be launching a Kickstarter, uh, hopefully in the next month or so. And we're really going to try to target uh, applications for end users. And we're hoping to kind of from that really show developers that, that people need this infrastructure and that it really benefits them. And uh, we're hoping to see where it can go from there. Fantastic. Well, it's a really cool technology and best of luck to you guys. Uh, thank again, thanks again for joining us on Coders. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. So this has been uh, episode 24 of Coders. We'll be back next week talking more about software and what you guys can do with it. For this, uh, for Victor and all the team here at RCR, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Coders is a production of RCR TV News. To reach Victor Agreta Jr. or to suggest a show topic for Coders, you can reach him on Twitter at SuperPixels. For all the latest news on wireless code and the whole world of wireless, check out rcrwireless.com.